0: is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share how his intention to help others has developed into a legacy for our veterans. Today's Everyday Leader inspires others to live their lives with success. Lauren Menix is my guest today. Everyday Leaders, 50 and 50. Show two starts now. My show this week stays right here in Indiana. I have a great leader that I'm getting ready to interview, and you need to hear his story. My mentor, John Maxwell, teaches that leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. So I've known my next guest for almost 50 years. And it's an honor to have you on my show, Lauren Minnix. Right here in Greenwood, some refer to you as Papa Bear. Your daughter said Jarhead and Leatherneck, but (laughs) (laughs) but we will call you Lauren today. And thank you for joining us on the second show of Everyday Leaders. Thank you. Um, So I I really want the folks that don't know Lauren Minix. I want them to understand your passion in life as as I do. You you connect people in the community, through a program called Warrior's Hope. Yes. And so I'd like for you just to tell us a little bit about how, how Warrior's Hope developed and what your role is in Warrior's Hope.
1: Over the years, I've been involved with uh, a lot of different operations that, that goes worldwide, such as mission operations, et cetera. And um, every place I've gone, I've come into contact with military personnel, uh, Japan, Africa, South America, uh, Afghanistan, and um, when, when I come in contact with these people and I see them out in the field doing exactly what they're trained to do, um, it takes me back to my years as a young Marine and, and doing some of those same, same things. And um, when I began to um, work closely with the VA Medical Center and uh, be part of visitation began to see a lot of these young men coming back uh, uh, sick or wounded or injured. Um, I said, well, we got to do something about this. And uh, so I'd I'd been involved in a lot of HELPS programs, and uh, one of them being Christian Businessmen's Connection, who, by the way, has had John Maxwell as our guest speaker, you know, Mm -hmm. over time, and and uh, have a lot of respect for John. And uh, so through all these different connections, uh, one of the men came to me one time in, uh, in August the 5th of uh, um, 2005 and uh, shortly after I returned from Afghanistan on a, on a project and he said, Well, what are you going to do about the soldiers returning to the States? I mean, you, you know how many's going to war. In different areas, and you know who's coming back and the condition are coming back. Have you thought about what you can do specifically to help these people? And I said, Well, what do you have in mind? He said, Well, um, a retreat program for the soldiers and their families and stuff like that. And uh, I responded, Well, <clears throat> we got all branches of service, and a lot of them don't want to be called soldiers. Our Marines want to be called Marines, and airmen prefer to be airmen. Uh, Sailors, or Navy prefers to be sailors, so your, your, your army are soldiers, but they have all their different uh, outreaches and divisions as well. So um, I'm going through my mind trying to figure out what term we can use that would apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, um, uh, August 2005, I hit on Warrior's Hope, and that is with an apostrophe S. It's possessive. It is their hope and that's why I developed it as such I've been challenged a few times with marketing people and stuff so why, why do you have the apostrophe s in there and I said because they need to know there is hope but it has to be their hope my, not mine not my neighbors but their personal hope and uh, of course I know that that hope is in Christ our Savior and in God Almighty so I uh, We developed a Warrior's Hope at that juncture. Uh, We worked on um, specific uh, retreat programs. It wasn't that popular at that time yet. Uh, So in 06, uh, we just made it a plain Warrior's Hope, and we began to um, uh, work closer with the VA Medical Center on issues such as PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and TBI, traumatic brain injury, and to do visitation uh, with the veterans at the VA Medical Center. and um, So as, as time went on, we visited different towns. We held our, our peer support groups. Uh, we started out at Camp Atterbury in Indiana, uh, where there was a lot of uh, people being deployed through that area, hundreds, thousands of uh, people from all over the country went through Camp Atterbury. So. We began to hold meetings down there, uh, we held them in a library, and then eventually at the um, uh, chapel um, office, and um, then we began to develop other ones like in libraries in Columbus, and Nashville, uh, downtown Indianapolis, out of Fort Harrison. Uh, so we began to spread out to Richmond and other areas. So. Warriors Hope has just basically been put together uh, through a prayer and a, a wing and a prayer, and go out and reach out wherever we can, and it's been it's it's been very helpful. Um,
0: so for 13 years now, when we look at 2005, that's a huge, huge time frame of investment.
1: Yes, yes, we continue to. Uh, um, reach out to people. I, I turned, I had to turn a report in today. And, um, I, I work also at the Indiana Department of Veterans Affairs, so I had to give a report. And I went through my day timer, um, for last year. And, um, I, I counted specifically names that I had worked with, individuals, and it exceeded 200 uh, veterans I'd worked personally with. And, um, We were involved with uh, suicide prevention and um, visitation prayer. We've conducted some funeral services. Uh, So we've kept ourselves pretty busy, basically, with veterans' programs.
0: So you think about when we talk in influencing just, you know, the veterans that you serve, but also their families. Yes. yes. So do you have a story that you can share about the influence that you've had um, over a family that you've helped
1: I do have one gentleman that, that I often think about who um, could not talk. He, he could talk, but he, he, it, it was painful for him to talk, very painful, and it left him uh, many times broken down when we tried to tell his story, and so I, I suggested, you know, I just picked up bits and pieces of what it, his story involved, and I, I suggested that he write it down. And um, so he wrote it down, and he said, I I spent 10 hours putting this thing together. Uh, He said, I broke down so many times, and I said, well, read it to me. And so he sat down at my desk, and he tried to read it, but he would break down even reading the story. And so I kind of steered him to the points that that caused him so much pain, and I said, let's go back here uh, where you lost a friend in combat that caused you— uh, so much pain as he as being a very dear friend, and did you guys ever do anything different? Well, yeah, you know, we p- patched up some motorcycles and some old cars. I said, that's the place to put in the things you did, mm-hmm. and so he kept rearranging his writing till he could read that without breaking down, and then uh, over time, he was able to read that in, in local uh, meetings and in churches and stuff, and And I was at a church um, where they allowed him to read his personal story, and his daughter and granddaughter were there. And uh, a lot of vets will not talk to their families about their experiences. And so I had the pleasure of of, uh, witnessing the the daughter saying, Dad, I knew something was wrong, but I never knew what it was. And I'm glad to know that. Uh, And the the granddaughter expressed the same thing. So, it, it was a breakthrough in that veteran's life, uh, and we encourage people to talk, and, and in Warrior's Hope, that's, that's a neat thing about it. A lot of guys, even in this group, won't say anything till they feel comfortable with their peers. But once they get to that point, then they're comfortable to open up and uh, share, so in that case. Uh, there was an impact on a daughter and a granddaughter and I'm sure other family members. Um, One of the unique things I I hear is um, now and then uh, one of the guys I haven't seen will come in and I says, good to see you. I haven't seen you for a while. And he says, well, uh, my wife says, I don't know what they do down there, but it's wearing off. Go on down there and get another shot. (laughs) So, you know, we... we, uh, we're able to work with these guys. And now and then a spouse will call and say, you know, uh, my husband's backslid. I mean, he, he's, he did so well, and now he's going through this and that. Mm-hmm. And I just reach out to him, and I don't talk about what the wife says. Uh, I just say, how are you doing, and, and where are you right now? And, and um, a lot of times I know in advance when they're trying to spoof me, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, we don't make that obvious. We let them on their own time, figure out their own issues, and quite often they can do that without a lot of effort.
0: So a lot of the support groups that people may be involved in or know that, that haven't been in the military but um, but have been in other types of support groups, and and we always talk about mentors, right? right. Someone that's been there before or can help them or go the way. Right. So how many mentors do you have in the Warrior's Hope program that are set up to being able to help coach other people.
1: The uh, That same question the uh, head psychologist at the VA Medical Center asked me, he said, how many people do you have, how many trained facilitators do you have attending your meetings in Greenwood? And I said, well, I don't know, three or four. He said, you sure you don't have more than that? So I came back and I checked my list and, and I called him back and said, well, right now I have seven. So. <laughs> says, why do you have so many facilitators attending your meetings? And I said, part of the development of our own personal issues is training how we can help somebody else. If we never get to the place, we can extend that helping hand. We can understand and be a good listener. Not all of them are ready to go out and start another peer support group, even though that's the idea of it but it makes them feel to be like they are a very integral part of what we do. Mm-hmm. So I'm all right with it. Mm-hmm. I'm, they can all have a plaque to hang on the wall and say they're a trained facilitator if they still haven't figured out how to shed a tear or, you know, tell their story. Yep. They're a trained facilitator.
0: So if someone wanted to participate in, in this program and they've never been a part of the Warrior's Hope, what would you say the biggest trade off is for someone that's, first time going to experience this? The biggest tra- trade-off. Trade-off.
1: Mm-hmm. Define that for me.
0: So if they were saying, I I feel like a support group like this could help me, mm-hmm. but I'm afraid, right? I'm afraid to move forward. I have that fear of what's this group going to look like when I get there right. and who, who might judge me, right? Because right. that's all the fear that comes with it. But what would you What would you tell them, encourage them, inspire them to say, take that first step, you know, trading off, maybe going out, um, for a a night with playing poker or going out and watching a movie, you know, how is this going to inspire them? This group meeting where everyone that's like-minded comes together, uh, to, to help them through this.
1: I'm pretty abrupt. (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't spend a whole lot of uh, time on sensitivity, um. I went to hand a guy uh, a booklet, actually, it was a, a Christian booklet. And uh, he had a uh, Korean War veteran cap on. And uh, he said, get that thing out of my face, and he walked away from me, he, he got a few steps away and I said, hey boy, did, did, are you really a Korean War veteran or did you steal that hat from a real man? He looked at me and he'd come back and he grabbed my g- track and he says, Okay, I'll read this thing, you know, and I was just tickled to death. I don't have to get any of the honor, the glory, nothing for it. I have to communicate in a way I can. And and knowing some of the guys I do, some of the rougher characters I deal with are have some of the biggest hearts I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And but so, so many people they they, they struggle with talking um, and and they can't explain themselves and we say it's not an issue you can just sit in there and listen you know drink our water and eat a cookie or a, a pretzel and and you don't have to say a thing if you don't want to mm-hmm. and some of the some of the guys that have come un, come in with that understanding uh, were pretty good talkers mm-hmm. once they opened up
0: mm-hmm. so. So so let me just ask you a little bit deeper and, and you may not you know really be able to tell us a lot, but mm-hmm. for when we talk about coaching and personal growth and we say there's a time that you need to reflect, right and you told us a story about the gentleman that was trying to tell his story and right. it took him a while to kind of get there. Um, what are what are some strategies that you try to help this group with to say that personal reflection is so important and how, how do you coach them to start doing that? Because this is a, it's touchy, right? It's painful. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm.
1: It's painful for a lot of people to open up and, and uh, uh, expose themselves for where they are. Um, we ask questions. Um, there there sometimes are sometimes loaded questions. Sometimes they'll make a statement and you just feed off of that and say, well, where are we with this or how do you feel about that? Uh, and and I've been told that, that our group gets too large sometimes, so we're 15 or 16 people, and they said its best-sized uh, best group is 12 or under, um, but on our worst day, we're running seven or eight people. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, one of the things as a facilitator that you learn is to develop enough respect for everybody or from everybody so that if they say something that's out of line you can gently uh, encourage them to back off from statements so one of the thing when you facilitate and work with somebody is to use the I term is this is what worked for me mm-hmm. here's what happened to me that way you're not preaching to somebody else because they're not telling that whole story they're only letting out little bits and pieces at a time, and you don't know the real story mm-hmm. until they fully open up. I, I had a situation this week um, where I talked to two different guys that had lost two sons uh, each, and um, and I was so glad that, you know, I didn't pat myself on the back, but I was so glad that I was able to communicate in a man-to-man Discussion and situation, without touching on that, but making them feel free to open up and share those stories, and um, and their pain, and so you can say, you know, give them a hug or a pat on the back. Said, thanks for sharing, man. I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's your life, and that's what we run into so often with uh, men and women who have faced uh, trauma in uh, in the military or in combat, uh, that they can feel comfortable to just open up, mm-hmm. and sometimes open up and not even say anything, right. and just you know, relax and be part of the operation, and feel, and if it takes six months or a year or two, we had one guy two years before he opened up. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he did, uh, I heard his story, and he ended up on my board of directors and everything else, the guy was a dynamo. <laughs> But he had buried so much stuff, yep. and um, so when it came out, I found out. And here's here's a man of God that we need to be part of our operation.
0: So, yep. yeah. So it's it's having them become aware that this program exists, and then through their own intention, really discovering that, you know, to to help them through their fears, to be able to coach them to start looking at themselves and and discovering that personal value. Mm-hmm. You know, even though some things that may have been out of their control that happened. Right. Um, but they could now go back and, and start to reflect on maybe why that happened and then what they can do about it to to change and improve their lives. Right. right? And so when we talk about leadership, it's all determining what your value is in the world so that you can begin to contribute to others. So I love the story of this is somebody that came into the program and now they're on the board of directors right? right? because they – really understand that that process and that's what being a leader is all about finding your value
1: you have to read through them not everybody's qualified I yeah.
0: guarantee. <laughs> some people are still in process right
1: you know we uh um how i say we i was invited uh by a local judge to uh, attend meetings in buffalo new york uh, uh 25 modules in a week's time a very busy loaded week um at the veterans court, and um, so we we came back to uh, Greenwood and and help establish a veterans court, and um, since that, um, a lot of those veterans, not all of them, but a lot of them, have come to Vet uh, Warriors Hope, and while they were on probation, a year, two years, whatever, they set in on your Warriors Hope, and. Um, when when they went back and they graduated from a uh, uh, from probation through the system, it's interesting how many of them said, you know, I owe my improvement and my mind change to the meetings at Warriors Hope.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, a lot of that you learn from a book, but a lot of it you learn from being sensitive to other people and hearing where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of Marines in here and now and then we'll get a little heavy on Navy. So uh, we tease each other. you know <laughs> it's just it is not poor old pitiful pearl uh, type thing and, and we abuse each other verbally until everybody's laughing, everybody feels comfortable. but when it gets time when it gets serious and when we start talking about what God can do in our lives, then we have a, a captive audience that listens intently
0: mm-hmm.
1: to the reading material and the discussion that we have. And it doesn't happen too often. We're, we, we don't try to be a church or a Sunday school, and we're not. But now and then, somebody I say, man, that was powerful. Shouldn't we be praying or something like that? <laughs> well, yeah, any of you wanna pray, and it all points say, no, you pray. <laughs> so what an honor it is to pray with people that come to a place in their life where they say, This is a spiritual issue, and I really need to pay real close attention to my spiritual
0: life. Mm -hmm. So it gets fun at
1: that juncture.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you're the the good one to do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bring it out of them. Bring it out of them.
0: So I do have to ask you, because I've known you for a long time, but I did not know that you had your photograph taken with someone that inspires kids um, on... Be becoming a better kid, be having more self-esteem, yeah. um, Nick Vajoyek. Yes, Nick. So yeah. I am certified through his program as a youth uh, coach and counselor. And oh. and so I got a kick out of that because here I've known you and I had no idea that you were connected, connected to Nick. So <laughs> I want you to tell me the story now, how you became connected to him and um, where, where you were, where were that, that picture was taken.
1: I um, – I got a call one day that said, um, we not we know what you do down there at Warriors Hope, and we know that you do that at no, with no compensation. I, I don't charge for what I do. And um, so this group said, we, would you consider working with us um, as a volunteer so that you can explain to us how you do the things you do? Mm-hmm. And I said, I'd love to do that. So um, the first person that, that they put me together with was the head of the Republican Party in the state of Indiana. And his, <laughs> his comment to me was, and I have it written down in my devotional, are you ready to get go to work, Lauren, because your, your life is about to get very busy. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go to work, I guess, do something else. <laughs> Fill out my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> he says, well, I want you to meet Nick Vujicicic.
0: Vujicicic, yep, yep.
1: And um, at the time, um, I consider him a good friend. Uh, Mike Pence was governor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Pence had done an interview with uh, Nick. Nick was holding some meetings in town. So uh, as things went together, they got me out the fairgrounds, and, and I met Nick. And then I went to to the different schools uh, with Nick and uh, was able to have some conversation with him and his leadership team, mm-hmm. um, Daniel Markham and, and some of those guys. Mm-hmm. And I know that Daniel had been, he was on loan to Nick's team from uh, uh, Johnny Erickson, he actually worked for Johnny, uh, but uh, she graciously uh, loaned him to the uh, Life Without Limbs team. Mm-hmm. So. That's how I got involved with that and got to know those wonderful people.
0: That's great. I had to ask you about that because <laughs> I'm like, here I've had coffee and dinner and everything with you, and I just I missed that fact. Missed that so fact. I'm like, okay. that's a connection. Yeah. Um, and I'm all about that personal connection. So I, I love, I'm, I'm so thankful that you could share that with us um, because it's so important that influences can come from all parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I, this Warrior's Hope, speaks to so many people and, and they may not know about it, uh, how for you, if they wanted to get in contact with Warriors Hope, I know there's a website, right? right? And that website is WarriorsHope.com. warriorshope.com and the office in Greenwood is easy to get to.
1: 430 North Madison, uh, Greenwood, Indiana. We're, we're in suite two. And, um, we have a big sign right out front, a brand-new flagpole that flies the American flag, and uh, a branch of the service flag that changes every week. That's well lit, 24 hours a day. So, yeah, you can find us if you're looking.
0: So you support everyone. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I did have a really unique thing happen I'll share with you. Um, there, was, um, there was two ladies' groups, uh, none that are involved with veterans that I know of, but they like what we do, and so um, actually three different groups. (laughs) Um, One group raised funds and they wanted uh, to reach out to veterans and homeless um, anywhere. Another group wanted to reach out specifically to veterans in Johnson County um, and another group wanted to work specifically, actually two groups, um uh, wanted to work with ours. So, uh, when, when a, a non-veteran comes into our conference room or our, our, group, we poll our people and ask them, are you comfortable for a non-veteran to come in? So from that uh, time to this, um these ladies will say you know there's four or five of us in this sorority or whatever can we provide pizzas and drinks one evening and we said yes of course and, and they they uh, we've got a schedule set up that they can do that um I have a church group in uh from a local church my man those ladies all cooked up and my guys was just treated royal they came in and we met them introduced <laughs> me i actually found out three of them were veterans they're female wow. veterans so uh, it was a wonderful opportunity for them to meet our guys, and our guys feel that sense of uh, community caring for them mm-hmm. and caring about them. So it's a it's a unique connection, though I don't do it a lot because <clears throat> we can't gain all the weight that's, that's coming in on the, the treats that come in sometimes. <laughs> we have to send them one, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's too much, but uh, yeah, some wonderful folks and And we had uh, funds that came in this last Veterans Day, substantial funds, where we were able to go out and buy uh, gift cards, $25, $50 gift cards. And um, there there was uh, quite a few that I turned over to military chaplains, because a lot of people that struggle doesn't really want their command to know Mm -hmm. that they're struggling or not using good judgment on their bills and stuff. And so a lot of times they'll go to the, the chaplains and request help. And so I turn some of those over to the chaplains. They take care of these guys or gals out there. So. But the community's doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't all coming out of my pocket. We just have some wonderful people recognize what we're doing.
0: You started the legacy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Lauren Menix will be known for Warrior's Hope. Yep. Um, I really thank you for your time today. I, I just, um, my heart loves you, and I'm so appreciative that you're on the show. So we're going to get the word out, warriorshope.com. Greenwood is the office where you can find Lauren Minix, or you can find him at the VA, or you can find him at the Four Seasons Restaurant, or you can oh, find him, yeah, <laughs> any of his kids. I won't name them because, you know, they all say they're his favorites. so... <laughs> But uh, love you to death thank you for coming on and uh, best of luck to you and we will, we'll get this out and start promoting it for you. Thank you for joining me this week on everyday leaders 50 and 50. You won't want to miss next week's show, which is show 3 of 50 and 50. My guest will teach you the value of reflection and how this leadership quality can help you transform your life. When you subscribe to Everyday Leaders in Apple iTunes or for Android in the Google Play Store, you can receive automatic notifications each week for my new shows. Join me. Everyday Leaders Show 3 starts February 4th.